James pushed open the window he had unlocked earlier and climbed into room 9. He could hear noise in the lobby, but he had to neutralize the man in the room first. James quickly crossed over to the man who was holding his eyes. James considered a sleeper hold, but didn't have time. Crack, crack. James hit the man in the jaw twice, hard enough to dislocate it, and the guy dropped to the floor. James took out his gun. He barely had a foot in the hallway when he saw Dan running out the front door. James followed, but before he reached the door, Dan was speaking into the earpiece. The clerk and the guy that came out of room 9 grabbed Piedor. Saw them take him out the side door in front of the hotel. They shoved him in a black sedan and took off. I have the plate. You okay? James knew Dan was smart enough not to give chase. The idea of trying to track a vehicle in an area you don't know isn't an action a member of the group would consider. It was pointless if you didn't have the ability to stop the vehicle. I'm fine. The guy in room, hey, James exclaimed as he rounded the corner and re-entered room 9. The man was attempting to escape out the window. Brian! Allie! James shouted as he sprinted across the room and out the window himself. The man staggered to his feet in a weak attempt to flee as James tackled him, dropping his knee into the middle of the man's back. He twisted the man's wrist into the middle of his shoulder blades, making it extremely difficult for him to move. And there it was. What James earlier had sensed was coming had arrived. Now that he was in the moment, James could trace it like all of the others to a dream he had had. It was more than deja vu. When Dan arrived, he used a zip tie to secure the man's hands. James stuffed a bit of fabric from the man's shirt into his mouth. Dan climbed through the window so he could help pull the other man in while James pushed. They let him fall on his head. Go see if there's a real front desk clerk tied up, and then come back. We need to minimize potential witnesses, said James, grabbing his gun from the ground and tucking it away quickly before climbing through the window himself. Dan left without another word, shutting the door behind him. James propped the bound man in a chair, closed the window, and turned to study him. Now that James considered him, the guy wasn't that old. In fact, he had to be two or maybe three years younger than himself. He looked familiar, especially something around the cheeks, but the left side of his face was rather swollen, and James couldn't place him. James pulled out his gun again and made sure the safety was on and pointed it at him. The man looked around nervously. Enough of the young man's senses had come back to know he was in trouble. Do you speak English? James asked. The man looked around even more frantically. Do you speak English? James repeated with more force. The man nodded, continuing to look around the room. If you make any noise or yell, I'll shoot you in the head. I'm going to remove the gag. Do you understand? James looked the young man in the eyes. The man stared at James for a moment before giving a single nod. James approached him with his gun in a back stance and got just close enough to remove the cloth with a tug before taking two steps back. The man wasn't secured to the chair and James was going to go cautiously until Dan was back. Are you seriously hurt? James asked. The young man shook his head. What is your name? No reply. I said, what is your name? What are you called? Equorius, the man answered. Where did they take our friend? James asked. What friend is two of you? came the raspy voice of Nicoius. 
A man, a friend of ours. They took him from the lobby. Where would they take him? James asked. Why should I tell you? Sneered Nicoyus. Well, besides me having a gun pointing at you, imagine me pointing it at your sister, James said in a flat tone. I have no sister, Nicoyus said with a defiant but truthful manner. Your cousin, then. The girl in the subway station who works to keep the other children in line, James said coolly, finally having placed Nicoyus's face. What? You're lying, the man said, but this time his body language betrayed him. Oh, and I just happened to mention the subway and her job? James asked in a sarcastic tone. She is not my family. Do what you think. It is nothing to me, Nicoyus lied. She is your family. I can see it in your face and cheekbones. And if your life and hers means nothing to you, 